And welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. My name again is Jeffrey Davis. And, uh, you know, there's just so much going on in the economy. We really could run the show eight hours a day, almost like CNN. We could do it 24 hours a day, but we can't. And there's always a story. And every once in a while, I like to dip back into our serial guest bag and talk to Peter Dunn, partner at Kasner and Edwards, because he has always lots of stories, transactions and deals that are going on in his entrepreneurial world. Welcome back, Peter. Hey, how you doing, Jeffrey? Thanks for having me. Great to see you. Pleasure. Peter, what's going on in your world? I know you're always working on a lot of deals and they're still going on in this economy. They are. Um, there's been, a, I think, a substantial uptick over the first and second quarters in activity. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, there's some uh, pent up, I think, demand out there. I think there's a feeling that, you know, the interest rates aren't going to go that much higher, that the government's going to let not going to let the banks in California fail. Um, and the other part of it that I think is is driving things is, um, you know, FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Um, valuations on both the entrepreneur entrepreneur finance side and on the M and A side have, are down um, year over year, um, and it's they're down you know fairly substantially. And I think that there's um, uh, that in the buyer's market, there's a view that that there's this is an opportunity to pick up some assets at some attractive prices. Well, that's that's good to know because I think everybody's always wondering: is the market gonna cool down and you're saying it's not for you it's it's actually heating up D- despite let's say a year a higher interest rates from a year ago we're still seeing deals being done i actually think that's not a bad idea if i were talking to let's say a business owner i'm gonna date myself over let's say in the baby boomer range uh i would be telling them you need to be planning for the transition of life the next step and also the economy is going to change so much in the next four to five years. I'm not sure you're in for another round of major economic changes and business changes. So if you can get yourself liquid, I think it's a good idea. Right. I mean, um, you know, you're, you're always going to come across people who, you know, think they've been had the, uh, the, have the eternal genes and they're always going to be around. But, um, you know, I think making a sensible um, planned exit, um, and looking at the holistic picture, the way you described is the way to go. And then you've got to look at your potential buyers out there, which are, you know, competitors, people in adjacent industries, financial buyers like private equity firms. And then you can look internally, right? A lot of times, um, you know, somebody wants to keep a legacy and they feel like the people that they've built up around them are the best people to maintain that legacy and give them, you know, a fair ish price. Um, so oftentimes you'll see a sale to management or, um, you know, a partial sale, partial gift to family members. Um, so there, there's, it's, it's definitely something to think about. And it's definitely something to plan for both personally, operationally from a tax standpoint as well. And it fits the, the life cycle of the millennial, of the baby boomer and the different needs that happen. The other thing that I think that's been very popular to talk about and see in the news lately has been entrepreneurs and leaders understanding what it means to follow rules. I'm sure you have an opinion about that as well, not just an opinion, but as an expert. Yeah, I mean, um, with entrepreneurs, one of the things that I do a fair amount of, and I gave a presentation last week on it, 
is compliance with the securities laws when you're raising money, right? Um, so basically, the securities laws were put in place after the Great Depression in 1933 and 1934. You have the Securities Act, which governs basically issuances of securities, and the Exchange Act, which governs um, basically capital markets and how they behave. And those were all put in place after the crash in 1929, and they're still the laws that we live with today. Um, and when you're an entrepreneur, you're not going public right out of the gate. You're going to raise money um, in, you know, privately. And you know, the two biggest rules that you can keep in mind for that is, one, um, you need to basically only deal with wealthy people or well-heeled uh, entities because um, otherwise you're going to have to register the securities with the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is a long and expensive process. And the other part is disclosures. You can't commit, you can't um, hide the ball. You can't make mis material misstatements of fact. You basically do those two things and, you know, with some other technical requirements, you're going to be kind of within the lanes um, of, of um, compliance. Um, and when you swerve outside of those, depending upon the nature of the uh, infraction and, um, and sometimes the frequency, you know, you can find yourself with anything from a rescission right where the investors get to automatically get their money back. So if you sold to, uh, an unaccredited investor, which is somebody would, who is, you know, doesn't meet the wealth requirements under the applicable rules, or you defrauded them, you, you could find yourself in, you know, uh, you know, civil, uh, regulatory, or even criminal situations where, depending on the you know, gravity of the offense. Well, you know, that sounds pretty serious. And a lot of entrepreneurs just don't understand what it means to know the rules and then follow them. It's usually after the fact that they get in trouble. Isn't that true? Yeah. And I, and I think one of the things that's amplified that is the internet and social media, right? People are, you know, they're, they want to post everything about their lives. They want to post everything about their business. They want to post everything, you know, from how much money they're, they're trying to raise to how much, you know, what they had for lunch that day. Um, and one of the things about when you're raising money in a private offering is that you can't engage in um, in, in uh, general solicitation and advertising, right? And what that means is is that you, you if you're raising money, you want to do it quietly and you want to do it through people you know or people you otherwise have a connection with. And what you don't want to do is to say, "Hey, everybody, um, my company's doing great, and we're going to raise." And we, we want to raise $500,000 so that we can do product development. And you put it out there on the internet for everybody to see. You've just violated the general solicitation and advertising rules, which preclude you taking advantage of an exemption for private sales um, that goes to the registration requirements that I talked about. So I think having discipline and knowing the rules um, is really important because if that happens, those folks, in addition to a potential regulatory enforcement action that you could get from federal or state regulators. You could also give all your investors are going to have a, a right of rescission because you didn't follow the rules. Wow. And do you see that actually, has that happened in your experience? Oh yeah. All the time. Um, all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's not, I don't see it every day, but there are a lot of, you know, uh, unexperienced people, you know, sometimes younger, who are used to kind of digital culture and, you know, they're used to posting things, you know, all the time. And they, you know, a lot of them, it's about the likes, right? Um, they want to get the likes, they want to get boosted up on social media that, you know, and, and there's some, 
you know, there's some merit to that. It increases your profile and everything else. But in th this particular area, you need to be really careful because if you do that, you know, basically, um, you know, you're you want to uh, talk to experienced counsel to see what you can do to fix it, which is basically hold your horses and wait for the ripple effect of your violation to to dissipate. Uh, not something I would want to go through, and uh, I bet you it's also very expensive. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot easier to come in and and talk to somebody who knows what they're doing and say, here's what I want to do and let them guide you through it than try to pick up the pieces and clean up the mess on aisle four later. Um, it's a lot easier. It's a lot cheaper. Um, and it, it, it causes you, I mean, look, if you have to wait before you can raise the money and you have bills to pay, what are you going to do? Um, you know, you're, you're, you're in a pickle and you put yourself there by not, um, you know, reaching out and, and, and getting counsel beforehand. And I've seen legal put small businesses out of business because there is business disruption. There is instability it creates within the culture. So it does have other ripple effects in terms of the operations and the viability of a company. Yeah. I mean, you know, you need the equity to, you know, you don't want to miss a payroll because you're going to be personally responsible for that. You don't want to miss a loan payment because the bank's going to come after you. Um, you miss a, you know, you, you get outside of terms with a key supplier and, you know, your stuff isn't showing up for you to to keep running your business. So it, it's really important to understand the rules and to, um, abide by them so that you can, you know, do the things you need to do without those kinds of disruptions. Uh, Kasner and Edwards, how many attorneys in the firm? So we're growing. We're over 50 uh, attorneys now. We've been around for 40 years. Um, we've got uh, corporate attorneys. We've got employment, uh, real estate, litigation. Um, we've got tax. We also have a bankruptcy practice, nonprofit practice, as well as a, a family law group. Um, so we're trying to in a trust in a very active trust and estates group as well. So we're trying to be there for the business and business owners so that we can give them, you know, kind of the the 360 uh, services that they need to for both themselves personally and for their business. Very good. And if someone wants to contact you or the firm and or the firm Kasner and Edwards, how would they find you? Uh, yeah, it's kasneredwards.com, and I am done, D-U-N-N, at kasneredwards.com. And you know I'm going to check in with you every once in a while for Radio Entrepreneurs as the year goes on, correct? Looking forward to it. Really looking okay. forward to it. Remind everybody this was Peter Dunn from par uh, Partner at Kasner and Edwards. My name is Jeffrey Davis, and this is Radio Entrepreneurs. <laughs>